coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. Selling a company led to some depression. We could have mm-hmm. a whole episode just on the grief of selling a company. You'd think, and, and you know, quite frankly, poor little rich guy at this point, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, you sold your company, poor baby. But there's some emotional stuff that happens when you're forced to stick with a company and watch the new owners just destroy it. Really? Wow. It's kind of like if you were to rebuild a 62 Corvette mm-hmm. in candy apple red, you know, and this, you put your heart and soul in this for six years or whatever it is, building it up and fixing it. And it's absolutely perfect. And then you, you sell it to your next door neighbor so that you see the car every day mm-hmm. and you see them out on their driveway with like a grinder, just grinding at that car. That's what it felt like for two years. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have David Watts, who is the CEO of Handwritten. Now, what they do is they use machines to create handwritten letters at scale for companies. This is a great conversation about growing your business and succeeding through turmoil and and challenges. But what David has here is actually really something quite incredible. He has created a company that allows you to essentially order at scale a handwritten letter or handwritten note. Now they use machines to write these letters. And I tell you what, David sent me a thank you note for being on the Pass the Secret Sauce podcast. And I honestly would swear that it was handwritten. I mean, it looks incredible. They use real ballpoint pens to be able to write on the the envelopes and also the letters, notes, cards, whatever it may be. So really, really amazing technology, and I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce. I came from a very traditional middle-class home with the full family unit. So I was the middle child, and I have classic middle child syndrome. Grew up in New Mexico, Albuquerque, and Scottsdale, Arizona. And it was the full family unit. So mother, father, older and younger brother there. The parents, pretty much the entire time, both, both my parents were realtors. They would just talk about real estate to each other. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. That's, that was the, the, the dinner conversation was listening to my parents blather on about real estate of, you know, three bed, two bath, 400, you know, 5,000 square feet or whatever. That would be a very big home. But yeah, that was, that was the standard dinner table conversation. And then they would ask us about our day and be very supportive of, of what we're doing. But yeah, that was, that was kind of it. Dinner every night, the enti- there was never, uh, very rarely would one parent miss dinner. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So you had, uh, you had a, a good supportive 
structure there. That's, that's yeah. fantastic. So did you show any entrepreneurial tendencies early on? Was there early slinging candy or you know anything like that that you had going on? Man, you nailed it with the slinging candy. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was very young, I used to take my older brother's Jeffrey wagon. It was a red wagon uh, called a Jeffrey wagon. His name was Jeff, but the Jeffrey wagon was spelled with a G. I would take his wagon. My cousin and I would take it. We'd fill it up with candy that my mom would buy at the price club before there was Costco. Uh-huh. And we'd go door to door trying to sell the licorice nibs or whatever was in the, the wagon. And then one time we didn't have licorice nibs or anything else. So we went in the bathroom and we grabbed the first aid kit. <laughs> and we were, I think I was five years old. Four, I would never let my kids do this now, go door to door. But I was like five years old or something. And I would go door to door with the first aid kit, knock on doors and ask if any emergencies were going on. (laughs) And they would politely say no. And I'd say, okay, I'll check back later. So so that was, yeah, I I did that when I was very, very young. And then in middle school, no, sorry, freshman year of high school, I was a total band geek. And uh, we were selling poinsettias for band just to raise money for band at, at the holidays. And I went into a local computer store. This is before Dell and all that stuff. It was right up the street from my, um, from my school. And I sold them a poinsettia, but I also got a job building computers. I did that for two years in high school. And then I said, man, I could do this on my own. And I started a company called Macrologic Solutions, and we, uh, LLC, and we sold computers to local Scottsdaleans in Scottsdale, Arizona. And what was interesting about that was I had two very proud parents, you know, that were always happy to, to, to brag about their children, their, their children. And my mother would go into her hair, her nail stylist or her nail salon or whatever. And as she's getting her nails done, she'd talk about what her three children were doing. So Dana, the nail person. Amazing. Um, you still remember the name too. <laughs> well, yeah, because what happened was, is my mom would go in and brag about her kids and then all these other upper middle class women would come in and get their nails done and say I, they were looking for a computer. And then Dana would be like, oh, I know just the guy. All our business came from this random male woman. It was insane. <laughs> I mean, like the heiress, one of the heiresses to the Coors Brewing. Okay. I mean, just tons of people would, would come in and get their nails done. And, and it, it, uh, it turned out to be quite the business. So you never know kind of those networks of influencers. This is before yeah. Instagram and all that stuff, but uh, real influencers. And it was just random how it happened, but it worked out really well. That's incredible. And then when I went into college, we shut down Macrologic Solutions and I do consulting and stuff in college. But yeah, that was, that was kind of the, the first forays into being an entrepreneur. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And in fact, when I went off to school, I studied business, entrepreneurial management and computer science engineering because I was a techie guy, mm-hmm. but I did computer science and not electrical or mechanical or anything like that because I figured there'd be less capital expenditure to start a software company than to start an electronics or yeah. whatever else. So that, that was strictly the reason I chose computer science. That makes perfect sense. And, that, and I'm assuming that that held true too because you, uh, you went through and created a couple of software type technologies and, and companies shortly after college, right? I mean, you, you had yeah. some, some other jobs in that, but eventually you, uh, you made your way into, you just said, sell it. At, and it's yeah. 
it was it sell it sell it yeah sell it yes 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 so so talk about how you got into sell it what 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 made you uh jump into that arena so so what happened was i came out of school this is the go go 2000s when right before the bust so companies were throwing money at young kids to do startups or whatever else i ended up going to a consulting firm that helped large organizations try to be nimble like software company like uh, dot coms and that type of thing i left there and had a couple jobs and really wanted to get into venture capital and i ended up at a venture firm in san diego and it turned out the guy was a madman okay and in four and in four months my experience in san diego wasn't great i was in a car accident san diego with the best weather in the country it declared states of emergency due to the flooding and there was sandbagging and it was just a disaster. And I got fired without cause the, uh, Oh, and evicted from my apartment. almost <laughs> forgot that. It it's was a streak very, there, huh? <laughs> Oh, it was great. So I uh, just a couple stories. I was sitting at my desk at this venture capital firm working late one night, just, you know, trying to be a good associate. And I look out my private office into the main office of the building and there's a garden owl, sitting precariously on like a planter box, like a indoor planting thing. Uh, and I'm looking at this garden owl and I'm thinking, there better not be a camera in that owl. And I'm sitting there trying to do my work and this owl's really stuck in my head, bothering me. And I walk over to the planter box and I flip the owl over and sure enough, there's a webcam staring at me. Oh, wow. wow. And I was just like, whatever. But the, but the owner of the VC firm was very volatile and he came in my office one day yelling and spitting like he was yelling so much he was spitting all over me. And he was blaming me for some stock transaction. He claimed that I sold stock that the company had without his approval, but I didn't have any legal power to sell the stock. You know, nobody would tell this 22-year-old or 24-year-old to, uh, you know, uh, accept his word to sell stock. So it was all bo- bogus, but I got fired and it was good because I was evicted from my apartment at the same time because my, my uh, landlord was a crazy person too. San Diego and me did not go so well <laughs> together. But anyway, so prior to that, I had made pretty good money mm-hmm. in, you know, for, for a guy my age. But instead of saving it, I spent it all to pay school debt down. Okay. So when I was fired, it was kind of a bad situation because I was pretty much debt free at that point. I had a little bit left but I had no savings. So I crawled home basically back to Scottsdale, Arizona, and I moved into an apartment, uh, a condo unit my dad had. He was a real estate investor too. Mm -hmm. And I lived in that apartment for a year. And what happened was when my dad came to San Diego to help me pack up and move out, we were brainstorming what we could do next or what I could do next. And this was before the iPhone. This is before all that. But he said, why not use Blackberries or barcodes to provide information on houses? When you walk up to a house or drive up to a house, there's, that, there's, there's always that flyer box mm-hmm. and it's always empty. And I said, well, maybe not Blackberries and barcodes, but what about text messaging? So that became House for Sell, which was the first product line of Sell It, the, the, the kind of the bigger text message company. So the idea was you see a little writer hanging from that real estate sign. It says text house one, two, three to this number. You do that. You get the information on the house. You get pictures of the house. And then the realtor collects a lead. Mm -hmm. So then Mm -hmm. they know that you called for information on that house. We were kind of the innovators in that space. There's been a lot of me too's after that. In fact, I went to the CTIA, which is the big trade show of tech 
mobile companies. I walked by a booth and this Canadian company had stolen all our material, including oh. like this stupid photo that I had made where I had superimposed our, you know, our, they, they copied our logo, they copied everything. So anyway, I walked up to the booth and I said, you, you got to take all that down. And they did very quickly because they yeah, knew they, they were in trouble. Yeah. But anyway, so sell it was, or house for sale was our first offering. And when I started house for sale, I knew I wanted to be bigger than a real estate play. Mm-hmm. So I sat in and off in, in this uh, condo unit with a two liter bottle of diet Mountain Dew by my side, very stereotypical story. And I programmed for a year and I got house for sale off the ground, programming it myself. And I created something called Coupons App. And Coupons App was for restaurants and bars. I was um, still dating a young lady in Chicago at the time. And I'd fly out there to visit her and I'd walk down Southport, which was a main drag of Mm -hmm. bars. And I'd see all these bars. I think, you know, it'd be great to provide uh, drink specials via text messaging. So Coupons app was created to do that. But what happened was House for Sale's biggest client was not real estate. It was Marie Claire magazine, because what they wanted to do was text for information on products in their magazine, which was House for Sale, just get rid of the houses and put in mm-hmm. lipsticks and bras and stuff like that. And then Coupons app's big clients became Sam's Club, Toys R Us, Abercrombie & Fitch, news alerts for uh, Sinclair broadcasting stations all over the country. So our client mix totally dived, you know, uh, was much bigger and much better than I ever thought. Mm-hmm. And that was really sell it. And then in 2010, sorry, 2012, I sold sell it to ePrize, which was, we were based in Chicago at that point. ePrize was in Detroit, so it was a good ge- geographical mix. But anyway, they ended up opening a, an office in Chicago. We merged with that office and I ran the mobile division of ePrize for two years during my earnout per- period of selling the company. And then the next day I started handwritten and I'm happy to talk about that. I've yeah, been that's... blabbering on, but that's sell no, that's it great. in a nutshell. So, so, so when you got involved with sell it, you obviously had some very large clients that you were serving. How did yep. you, how did you, did you have to go in and pitch to them or how did you get them on board as, as clients? Well, my biggest Marie Claire magazine or my biggest to start Marie Claire magazine and uh Ferent media solutions, which was kind of exactly what hand house for sale was supposed to be text in for info on properties. They both came to me off Google ads. Okay. And what was funny was very early on with House for Sale, I attended the National, Associ- the National Association of Real- Re- Realtors major show, the NAR show. And I was introduced to an investor that we brought in, a woman from Canada, and she put in a little bit of money. And she said, you know, you're not spending money in the right spaces. I said, well, what do you want me to spend money on? She said, candy at your booth. And I said, but I'm spending it on... Google ads. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you know anything about realtors going to realtor shows. They just walk by and steal all the candy and keep going. I'm like, I am not spending yeah. money on candy. So I can't spend money on Google ads. So I quickly got rid of that investor and put all my money in Google ads. And it worked really well at the time. Now we're doing a lot more Facebook ads and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but for, for my new company, but but yeah, we got it off Google ads. And then as we grew, we started doing more pitching and stuff like that. I hired a gentleman that came from the broadcast sector and he was a, he had connections at 
Sinclair Broadcasting and stuff like that. But, but you know, we, a lot of our, most of our clients were inbound. I mean, everything mm-hmm. from Sam's Club, Abercrombie & Fitch was interesting. They became our largest client. And, and what happened there is I was at a trade show. I was at Etail based in Palm Springs. And I'm standing at my booth and this guy walks by and I recognized him. He, he, I had worked with him at my first job out of college. He was not nice to me at my first job out of college. He was, you know, giving the new guy a lot of grief. But I recognized him and I, I said, hey, how are you? It turned out he ran uh, digital for Abercrombie. And oh, wow. uh, he was a super nice guy. He was just giving me grief and, you know, that's my first job. And uh, yeah, that started a great relationship and he became our biggest client. Wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about handwritten now and, and why you got into that. You, uh, after, so you, you went and successfully sold Sell It and then you, you said that you jumped right into handwritten right after you yeah, sold it? Yeah, pretty much the next day. Yeah. So yes. what happened, which, which I would not recommend <laughs> at all, but what happened was I was still single at that point. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do with myself selling a company led to some depression. We could have Mm -hmm. a whole episode just on the grief of selling a company. You'd think, and and, you know, quite frankly, poor little rich guy at this point, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, you sold your company, poor baby. But there's some emotional stuff that happens when you're forced to stick with a company and watch the new owners just destroy it. Really? It's kind of like if you were to rebuild a 62 Corvette Mm -hmm. in candy, apple red you know in this you put your heart and soul in this for six years or whatever it is building it up and fixing it and it's absolutely perfect and then you you sell it to your next door neighbor so that you see the car every day Mm -hmm. and you see them out on their driveway with like a grinder just grinding at that car that's what it felt like for two years but what happened was uh, from a business perspective I saw the monster that sell it was partially responsible for creating partially. So we, you know, our clients like John tropical smoothie cafe, every time they sent out a text message to get people into their tropical, their, their smoothie restaurants, they'd have lines out the door mm-hmm. or Abercrombie and Fitch. And, you know, the, the solution we sold worked, but at the same time, people are getting like a hundred text messages a day. And yeah. 300 emails a day and the average office worker is spending like 25% of their time managing email. And then you add on Slack and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all these Periscope and now TikTok, you add on all these other technologies and digital becomes a noise. Mm -hmm. At least this is my thought that it all just becomes noise. And even the most personalized email that you receive that says, Hey, Matt, you know, I saw you, you were looking at this car on our lot. I thought you might be interested in this one. You know, that email is not actually sent by the sales manager of the auto store. It's actually just algorithmically created. So, so you discount the value of any electronic communication you receive too, even Mm -hmm. if it does make it through the noise. So I thought, gee, there has to be another way to communicate with people that really gets through and creates impact. And I was, when I was still at Sell It, I'd walk by people's offices and I'd see the handwritten notes that they had received on display on the bookshelf behind them or stuck to the wall or at home, they stick it to the refrigerator if their refrigerator wasn't stainless steel or whatever. You know, these handwritten notes, not only do they get opened and read, but they get treasured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So when I went to sell handwritten, or sorry, when I, when I sold Sell It and I was thanking my employees and my best customers, I would sit down and I wrote them all handwritten notes and my hand cramped up and my writing, I'd have to rewrite notes because my writing stunk or I ran out of stamps or I ran out of stationery. And I thought there has to be a way to automate this. And that's where handwritten came from right after exiting my earnout with Sell It. So initially we were very, very small and it was just me. And, and I wasn't the most focused because I just closed up Sell It. But I bought a off the shelf auto pen, mm-hmm. which is a machine that you can tell it what to write and it'll write it. Not nearly as good as what we have now, but it will do it. And uh, we bought one and then we bought a second one and I developed a, an app first. And I can talk about why I developed the mobile app before the yeah, website, yeah. but I developed an app first and then I developed the website and then it grew from there. I always knew that that technology, it wasn't so much the technology as it was the company behind the AutoPen would not be a good long-term partner. And I can get into that if, if that's interesting. But so uh, I knew I'd have to eventually create my own robots. And I kind of skipped by that. But what we do at Handwritten is we use robots to write handwritten notes at scale mm-hmm. in ballpoint pen. We use Pilot G2 ballpoint pen. So if you want to send a handwritten note every time somebody buys, a per- buys something on your Shopify store automatically, we can do that. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. If you want to send 10,000 handwritten notes at the holidays, we can do that. If you want to send one handwritten note, just as you type it out on, your, on, on our iPhone app, we can obviously do that. We can include your signature. We can write it in your handwriting style. We can wow. insert a business card of yours or a gift card to Starbucks. That's the offering. It was designed for me because I wanted to send handwritten notes out. So, And now our clients range from high-end luxury leather goods companies. We, we don't mention clients' names because nobody wants to be known as yeah, sending. yeah our service. So we do, we have OEM car manufacturers, tons of realtors and mortgage brokers, the clients run, run the gamut. So that's, that's what we do. And what we did during the last six years of running this company is the first two and a half, three years, we use these auto pens. 
-hmm. and struggled with that. And, uh, and then I said, I can't do this anymore. The, the main reason was we got a very big account, one of these major meal boxes. Yeah. And they were going to include a handwritten note in every meal box. And I called the auto pen company and I said, I need more of these robots. And they said, well, we can't sell you anymore. We have a licensing agreement. We're not allowed to sell you. Oh, wow. I, I blew my lid because I had based my company on this technology and they, yeah. they let me down. So we designed our own robot. Wow. We now have 95 of them. They're all the best. And I, I'm saying this because I truly think this is true, not because I'm a hawkster. They're the best quality handwriting robots available in the world. We vary the characters. We vary the line spacing. So two lines are a different spacing. They kind of jut in and out on a, mm -hmm. you know, so it's not a clean left margin. Yeah. They look totally, totally authentic. And it's a best of class handwriting robot that we use. And we don't sell the robots. We just build them here. So we're very Henry Ford style vertically yeah. integrated. We have one area of the office with laser cutters and very high end 3D printers and like machine shop drills, presses and all that stuff. They build these robots, they put them on the factory floor and then they get put to work. Wow. And they don't write that fast. They only write about as fast as a, a human. So we just keep adding more of them. That's why we have 95. Yeah. COVID kind of caused us to temper stuff. You know, we stopped building. Now what we're doing is we're fixing, you know, we've gone, I think we're on revision four of these robots now. So we're going back, we're updating the old robots so that they're as reliable as the new robots, mm -hmm. that type of stuff. But really, in a nutshell, why I did mobile before the website is because I wanted to be an API first company. Mm -hmm. And I actually wrote about this for Inc. Magazine, but that's what we are is we're an API first company. So if you have clients or listeners, I guess in your case, listeners that use Zapier or APIs or Salesforce.com or HubSpot, we integrate with all those systems so that you don't have to go to our website to send a handwritten note. Mm -hmm. uh, you can just have it happen automatically. And one of our big pushes right now is we're integrating with a company called uh, Dealer, Dealer Vault, which connects us to automotive dealers so that we can automatically send handwritten notes when somebody wow. buys a car on their birthday, service reminder, holiday. So the whole thing is everybody wants to send handwritten notes, but people still don't have the time to log into our website and upload a list. Yeah. So we're trying to get rid of that altogether. So that's kind of our big push right now. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're integrating with a lot of different platforms. How, how, how are you going about getting that, that integration accepted? Are you guys building the APIs that then you're posting on these different services or, yeah. or sites or? Yeah. So I have a developer for Salesforce. Mm -hmm. So within Salesforce, it's the most robust integration we have. And what it is, is for your sale, for your listeners that listen, that use Salesforce, we are in the Salesforce app exchange, which you can think of as kind of the Apple app, ex, app store. And you can install our program, our app into your Salesforce. And then we add buttons to your Salesforce. So when you go to a contact sheet or a contact page, you can see a button that says send handwritten note. You click it. And then the entire handwritten experience is within Salesforce. It pre-populates the contacts address you choose, you type in the note or you choose a pre-templated note, you add a business card or a gift card and then you send it. And what happens is, is that record gets recorded on the Salesforce activity log. Okay. So it's like, oh, I spoke to Matt on Tuesday. I called, I had a meeting with him on Wednesday. I sent him a handwritten note on Thursday with a gift card. So that's how that system works. Mm -hmm. But we built the same thing for 
I personally, because I was just not going to spec it out and waste all that time, I wrote the plugin for Zapier and for Integromat, okay. which is Integromat is kind of like a, a Zapier for geeks, I guess. Yep. And then we also have a HubSpot CRM integration, and we're coming out with a Shopify integration. Do we need a Shopify integration? No, the Zapier thing does it, but we're doing it kind of just for awareness building. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, you see it right there in the Shopify store. So that's, that's kind of why we're, we already have lots of Shopify people using our Zapier stuff. So, yeah, that's so fantastic. yeah, so that's it. What, what types of, obviously you've gone through a number of different types of companies that use the system. And because you have all of these different integrations into all these other platforms, I'm assuming that there isn't, you know, any one type of client in your case that, that would, you know, benefit from this. Are there any are there any focused industries that you see as being kind of the? I, I guess what I'm asking is who is your your target audience? Who is the ideal person to use the the handwritten platform and service? Well, I'll give you two answers. The first one's the political answer, which is anybody that's looking to send a handwritten note can use our mm-hmm. system. But that doesn't that doesn't help you. But that's truly the fact. I mean, our clients are all over the gamut. Who we're targeting right now is retail, primarily e-tail because they have the consumer's addresses. Mm-hmm. And what retail isn't e-tail these days, you know? So uh, retail integrations, we're doing nonprofit because there's a, a huge market for nonprofit and we're doing car dealerships. But that's not to stop us from receiving thousands of realtors mm-hmm. and mortgage brokers every day. So, no, you know, we, on average, we do, you know, around 10,000 notes a day, something like that wow. for everybody, you know, even people just wanting to send a note to their mother for their birthday or something. But our targets are e-tail, nonprofit, and actually I should throw in healthcare in there with mm-hmm. nonprofit and uh, automotive. Yeah, that's great. So, so there is no, there's no minimums or anything like that with, no. you know, you can, you can add the plugin onto your Salesforce and send one note a month and, you know, that yeah. would go out and yeah, that's great. Yeah, there's, there, there's, there's no minimums. There are discounts for bulk orders. So if you go onto our website and you upload a spreadsheet of orders, you get a discount that way. Mm-hmm. You can get the same discount if you just prepay. So instead of sending a thousand notes at once, prepay for a thousand, send them over the course of the year, you get a discount that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Or just today we sent out an email officially announcing our subscription plans. So if you always plan on sending around 10 notes a month, or I think we have a 25 and a 50 note plan, we have subscriptions that you can sign up for, for discounts too. Everything's, you just go to our website, handwritten.com, click pricing, and it's, it's all there. But yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool. Do you, you mentioned before how, you know, when Amber Crombie and Finch would send out a text message or, or I would know is the, uh, the, the yeah. Jamba Juice or whatever, yeah. whatever juice Tropical company smoothie. was. Yes, Tropical yeah. Smoothie, yeah they would have lines out the door. Do you have any type of metrics that you've been able to gather from any of your clients on what types of response rates they're getting to handwritten notes as opposed to other, you know, just printed material or any type of advertising for that matter? Sure. So in just an industry stat, and this isn't, and and by the way, I'm not here to hawk my company. I'm just, yeah, Yeah, I'm just interested. I mean, it's, it's, it's curious. To, to know like what other people are seeing based on, you know, your, your technology and that yeah, and, and so, how much um, better it can work. Yeah. No, but, uh, what I was going to say is uh, I'm not here to hawk 
handwritten the company. I'm here to tell to sing the praises of actual handwritten notes in yeah. general. Yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, because it's it's a it's a flip in mindset. Everybody's pivoting right, and you flip left, and that gets attention. So just envelopes. Forget about what's in the envelope. But the envelope has a 300 percent higher open rate. Wow. According to Indus, if you Google open rates, that number is bandied about quite quite readily. 300 percent. So that's number one. You you get your note read. As far as response rates, we have a client that's a bespoke suit maker. So you send in all your your measurements and they'll make you suits in China or something uh, at a discount and then send them to you. They send out, every year they use us to send out a coupon to their best customers. And their standard coupon redemption rate without handwritten is around 5%. Okay. With handwritten notes, it's 17%. Wow. Wow. So again, it's that a little over three times. We have another client. This is more anecdotal, but I, I find it so interesting. They are an office snack company. So you subscribe to receive boxes every month of, of their snacks. And what they do is they start sending handwritten notes to people to, when they screw up the snack order. Okay. And they find that if those clients that receive the correct box and a handwritten note actually have a higher lifetime value, higher retention rate than those that don't get a screw up in the first place. Wow. Uh, place. Now, that being said, I think obviously a lot of it has to do with the free box of snacks, not <laughs> yeah. the handwritten note, clearly, but it's still a nice touch. So what they started doing, no joke, is they are screwing up on purpose. Oh, wow. Then send a follow-up handwritten <laughs> note in the right box of snacks. And that's raised their, their, their lifetime value of the customer. That's um, crazy. We have meal boxes that see retention rates go up 5%, 10%. What I think, as far as use cases, I think it's just about the thank you. Mm-hmm. It's about creating that personal connection with the customer that so many brands fail to do nowadays. And it's just sending a thank you note after a purchase. We have one client, which is a solar panel installation company. They're actually one of our biggest clients now. And uh, they're, they're throughout the Southeast and up the Eastern seaboard. And they send handwritten notes after every meeting they have. So their salespeople go out, instantly a handwritten note goes out. By the nature of handwritten notes, it takes four to five business days for that note to arrive. So if they send the note right away, it's, you know, it's a nice follow-up four to five days later. Yeah. So we're doing a lot of notes for them. They don't share really any data, but what I can say is they've been a client of ours for three years and their volumes just keep skyrocketing to the point they're one of our big, biggest clients now. Yeah, so they, something must uh, be working. We have an OEM car manufacturer. So if you call in to the car company, not the dealership, but the mm-hmm. car company, I don't know who does this. But I guess some people call in and complain about their car directly to the car company. We're set, we're integrated with that customer service system. So at the closure of the call, the customer service rep says it was successful or unsuccessful, the call, like you solved the problem or you didn't. Mm -hmm. And that triggers a handwritten note that says, I'm so glad I was able to meet your needs. I'm so sorry I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And those handwritten notes go out. We're also doing a lot inbox. So, and this is a little bit of a sad story. We worked with one worked with one of the largest online mattress companies. Mm-hmm. And we did these cool doodles. So instead of going on a website and them typing in the notes that want to go out, what they did was they sent us drawings that their team had done. 
and we re replicated those drawings exactly and inserted them in the boxes. So it was like, thanks so much for buying one of our mattresses. Hope you have a great night's sleep. And then there'd be a little drawing of a cat sleeping or a woman dreaming of a cat or whatever. And these things were really cool and they got Instagrammed and there was a viral aspect there because people thought they were so cool. And they did this for months, I think over a year. And then they just stopped. And I, I said, well, it sounded like it was going well. Why did you stop using us? They said, oh, we did that when we were a small company, when we wanted to create that personal brand. <laughs> now that we're a big company, we don't care we don't as much. That. Wow. Like, wow. This is crazy. Yeah. But, but that's, that, I swear to God, that was what they told us. So it's hard to argue when you get a response like that. But we do a lot of inbox for multi-level multi marketing companies. So we have a nutraceutical and we send handwritten notes to their sales reps saying, you're, you know, keep up the good work. You're a level three sales rep, make a level four sales rep, that type of stuff. So they really run the gamut. I, uh, but yeah, those are kind of some of the examples. And yeah, that's great. That's great. Wait, so what's next with handwritten? What, do you guys have uh, some new things that you're working on? Yeah. So the biggest is going to be a campaign manager. So right now you go in, you can schedule notes individually or in bulk. You could upload all your friend's birthday is at once for the year and then say, you know, when to send them out, but that'll only do it one time. You know, it'll send out a note on their birthday or whatever. What I want to do is set it up so that it's a recurring campaign manager where you say, okay, every year, send them a birthday card on this date and pick from one of these five birthday cards mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. include one of these five gift cards with it, you know, so that uh, it's randomized, but it's personal. And then for holidays, send them one of these five holiday cards with one of these five messages and one of these five gift cards so that it's all just kind of automated. You don't have to think about it, set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. We're also going to be doing some multi-user reporting systems. Right now, you can do that through Salesforce, but within Handwritten Directly, we want to be able to allow a master account and sub-accounts and stuff like that. That's lower priority on the list. And then we just have some internal systems to improve. But the big ones are kind of the campaign managers. It's really important for our automotive clients and our real estate clients to have a system like that. I love it. I love it. This is this is great. And uh, I've I've been experimenting with different, you know, more personalized types of marketing and, and all of that. And it absolutely always does work much, much better. So uh, oh, uh, certainly... I have one more one more anecdote for you, because I was speaking to this gentleman a week, a few weeks ago. He is a P I it's this company and it, I thought it was a law firm. I didn't even know who the client was. I just heard their name throughout the office because, you know, uh, they're a customer and it turns out he's a piano tuner. So he's oh, wow. in his cl client's houses once a year. And after p tuning their piano, he sends them all a, a note through our system. Mm -hmm. And a year later, he shows up to tune their piano again and he'll see the note he sent them a year ago, <laughs> still stuck to their fridge. Wow. So, you know, they're not going to print out an email yeah. or take a photo of a, a screenshot of a text message they've received and stick it to their fridge. I mean, this is lasting brand impression. Mm -hmm. Every time you go to get milk, you see that nice handwritten note the piano tuner sent you. I mean, it, it just floored me. So, Real quick too, in situations like that, is he using like on the front of the note, is it you know, using his logo, is this a card or is it actually a note or what, what, what types of format is he sending those types of things in? I, I believe he, so in our platform, we have over a hundred folded cards that you can choose from. Mm -hmm. Or if you prepay for a thousand cards, we can make your own folded card for you. 
If you do less than a thousand or if you need more flexibility, you can go on our website and have a five by seven flat card. Okay. It's still in an envelope. Everything's in, the, in an envelope and that's strictly for experiential reasons. There's something to be said for taking the time to open an envelope and, mm -hmm. and all that. And I can get into that if you want. But it, if you go on our website, you can pick a customizable flat five by seven card. Some of them have pre-printed backs that say thank you or holiday messages or whatever, or it's totally blank and you can add your own photo or logo to the back of the card. Mm -hmm. You can then flip it over and it's got a header to it where you can add like a nice piece of stationery. You can add your logo or type in your, your company name or whatever and choose a font. And then at the bottom, you can add a footer text like your web address or your mailing address, whatever. And it looks like a classy five by seven piece mm. of stationery. Wow. And you could just do that online. You can create that online. There's no, it's 375, so $3.75. You can send one of them or you can send a thousand of them. Once you create it on our website, it's instantly available in Salesforce and Zapier on our mobile app. But because it's kind of a, a robust tool to actually design the card, mm -hmm. that part of it, it, you have to go to the website to do. But once you do it, it's available everywhere. That's cool. So That's um, cool. I think he does it on our website. He created a custom card and then he sends them however he sends them. But, wow. but yeah, wow. he uses that card customizer to do it. That's cool. That's very cool. I love it. David, I, I, we're actually a little bit uh, past time here. So I, I certainly appreciate you uh, spending the time talking about uh, your journey and, and your experiences and that. So this has been fantastic. And I, I, I personally, I think I'm going to be uh, using this system as well for some of our business ventures. So thank you well, very, very much. Very cool. And uh, if anybody out there listening wants to try it out, they can always go to our website and uh, request a sample pack if you click the business tab. We'll send you a whole bunch of cool stuff. Or if you uh, sign up and use discount code podcast, you'll get $5 in credit. So Very you cool. can do that and, uh, and give it a shot, send a note to somebody. Love it. I love it. Excellent. Thanks, David. And Thank you so much, Matt. I uh, really appreciate being on your show. No problem. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.